Good evening and welcome to an hour of sharing together the living Word of God. <clears throat> I want to read tonight the blessing that we have been looking at these last two weeks, which is found in Numbers and chapter 6. And for those of you who may not have been with us in the last weeks, the word blessing is the most ancient word in human language. It's the very first word that God ever used to express his will and desire for humankind. And the word simply means it's a good word spoken. But it must not be thought of as spoken for information. It's a good word that actually imparts. It's, it's a word that contains within it the power to do what it says. It, it, it actually imparts its content. And so you don't just read it and say, how interesting. You read it and realize that God, through his Holy Spirit, is actually imparting that to you even as you listen to it, or hear it, or read it. That, that's the essence, and the, the good word that God has spoken, it, it's expounded on all through the scripture. But in essence, it means that you are fruitful. It means that you are lifed, that you are alive with the very life of God that he has put into you and that produces in every area of life which is something I've been emphasizing every week every area uh, we, we've got to totally get rid of that idea that salvation the blessing that comes through salvation we've got to get rid of the idea that it's simply going to heaven when you die as something off there uh, totally unrelated to where I live the blessing of God from beginning to end of scripture always means that you are blessed in your core self, your innermost person, but also in your mind to, to have divine assistance in creativity, in clarity of thought. It, it, it means healed, made whole in your mind. So, so that you think as a person that you were created to be. And it means that you are healed, made whole in your emotions. So you experience the joy of the Lord. You say it's not just human joy, happiness. It is the joy of God himself woven into you. Uh, Jesus said, my joy I give to you, my peace I give to you. Or as in Philippians it says, it's called the peace of God, which passes human comprehension. And, and, and so it, it deals with this now, me, in all my expression and relationship to the world. But it also means that your body, the, the, the very cells, the very life force of your body, uh, your muscles, your ligaments, uh, all your organs, they too are lifed. This is the sort of canvas upon which the physical healings of scripture are painted. 
And, and to be blessed means that in my physical too, but also whenever the Bible speaks of a you, a body, a person, it also speaks of the imprint that you make in history. That, that means your possessions, it means your work, and so the blessing applies there. And sometimes the blessing is synonymous in the Bible with the word prosperity, which means it's a simple word, it means you've gained your end. You have the ability and the power to gain the end or the goal that you were going for. And so you are prosperous in your innermost being, through your entire person, to your outermost imprint on life. You're prosperous. It means that you are the kind of person that God desires you to be. One in union with the Father through Jesus the Son in the power and inner presence of the Holy Spirit. Blessing. Well, that's the last, I don't know how many weeks summed up in a sentence. But in Numbers chapter 6, the blessing is now made very specific and it's laid out in three distinct stanzas. And it was, God said, this is what I want. This is the good word that I want to impart. And he gave it to the priests of the Old Testament, the sons of Aaron. And he said, you say this. And when you say it, I, says the Lord, will do it. We talked a lot about that last week. But now I want to go back because the people used this blessing. You see, every morning there was what was called the morning sacrifice in the tabernacle and then later on in the temple. And at the end of the morning sacrifice, the priest would raise his hands and bless the people using these words of Numbers chapter 6. And then the people dispersed and would live in that blessing throughout the day. And it's that that I want to speak about specifically. But we have to know it all springs from this blessing. This is, this is the blessing. He said, thus, or in this fashion, you shall bless the sons of Israel. This is Numbers chapter 6, verse 23. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you, and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace. Okay, that's the blessing. Then the last verse says, so, or in that fashion, they shall place my name and in the Old Testament, when God says, my name, it means his presence. It means all that he is and all that he is revealed of himself. And he says, as you bless the people, it will be that I, in all my very self, and he is love, I will embrace the people. I, I, I will be around them like a cloak. I'll be their covering and their shield. And I'll share their day and their night with them. Well, there's the blessing. And I say again that they went then to their homes with that blessing ringing in their ears. Ah, but this is the neat thing. That blessing, 
which now is going to impart to them strength. It's going to be their protection during the day into the incoming night. It's going to be the provision of all that they need for his face shines on them, which means he looks at you with sheer delight because he loves you. And, and he is your protection. He keeps you. And everything you touch is blessed. You are fruitful. You are lifed in all that you do. All of that. But they, they reduced it. That's not the right word, really, because it was not a reduction. But they brought it down to a single sentence that they could use throughout the day. When I was talking with my wife Nancy about this, she said, then they tweeted it. Um, I, I'm not too much in that world, but I think she's right. Um, from that blessing that took up the, those uh, three stanzas, they tweeted it down to one sentence. And that one sentence was, the Lord be with you. And the response to that was, and the Lord bless you. Let me give you an illustration, and you might have heard me speak about this in times past, but, but stay, this is something really good. Um, Ruth, the book of Ruth in chapter 2, and uh, the, the man who owned all of Bethlehem and the fields and everything around it was this super rich fellow called Boaz, and Ruth... Uh, the, the person of the book of Ruth, she goes to sort of work. It wasn't exactly work. It was more the charity that he gave, that she could pick up the, the barley and corn and wheat that had that been left by the reapers. And so she goes. So get the picture. Here are all of the workers, those who work directly for Boaz, and they're all in the field, and it's harvest time, and they're bringing in the harvest. And behind them are these, the sort of welfare cases, those who were, were dirt poor, but the law of God, and Boaz happily said amen to it, said they, they could go and collect everything that had been left. The reapers were never allowed to pick up something they dropped. The Lord said, that's for the, the poor. And so here they are, all of the workers and behind them, all these others who were picking up what was dropped. And so into the field comes the owner of everything that you can see. And it, it, that's the back. Now it says in verse 3, so she, Ruth, departed, went and gleaned, that's the name of what she was doing, in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. So, so here's the big boss coming to see what's happening in the harvest. And Boaz said to the reapers, his workers, and those behind them, May the Lord be with you. So he must have shouted that across the field. If you can see this, this he's a rancher fellow. And if he was here in Texas, he'd come riding in on his horse, and he'd rein in his horse and bellow across the field to all the, the uh, cowboys and people working there, may the Lord be with you. And they bellowed back to him across the field, may the Lord bless you. 
Now, that's just one little verse in the Bible, and you might pass <clears throat> over that very quickly. I mean, basically, in modern English, uh, Boaz came and was saying, hello, chaps, you know, it was just the, the way of greeting, and they greeted him back. But hold it, hold it. There's a lot of things here. First of all, he's, he's not merely greeting them with a sort of hello, and um, certainly not the way we greet each other. I'll talk about that in a minute. And they responded to him with something far more than just saying hello to the boss. In fact, these two phrases, may the Lord bless you, and what Boaz said, may the Lord be with you, it is, uh, in the Hebrew way of language, it's a parallelism. That, that is, one thing is said, then another thing is said that means the same thing, but it's being said in an entirely different way. So you get two angles on the same thing. find this in the book of Proverbs a lot. A sentence and another sentence, but they're really both saying the same thing, different angle. So, may the Lord be with you. And then what they said back is saying the same thing, but from a different way. And may the Lord bless you. So the Lord bless you is parallel to the Lord being with you. Now that's a lot shorter, may the Lord be with you, or may the Lord bless you. They're just two little sentences, a lot shorter than the blessing that was said in the tabernacle or in the temple earlier in the morning. They have brought it down to a sentence and they're saying it to one another. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. You see, I mentioned our greeting. When we meet each other here in the West, I don't want to be silly picky about it but if you if you take apart how we greet each other there's not much to it really um either it's sort of what can i say it's nice but meaningless really i mean we say hello whatever that means and, and i'm glad you did i i would feel very left out if you didn't say hello but as to having any meaning to it, it doesn't really. And then all around town, I'm sure it happens most places and in your country, wherever you're listening, you've got something similar where it's, you know, have a good day. And again, I'm glad you said have a good day, but really I don't, I don't think there's any power attached to it. In fact, I had the feeling in many, many, many cases, the person hardly realizes they said have a good day because it just it comes out so automatically and it's got little meaning about anything. And then if there are other ways where we really sort of get more personal about it, but, you know, the... Hang around and listen how do people greet each other. Uh, what, how are you? Think about that. Or what's up? Or how's it going? You notice something about those, and there are many some similars, but they're all the same. How are you? What's up? How is it going? 
our greeting is totally self-centered. We greet each other by asking how we are and what's going on in our circumstances and in our life. In fact, if we really took those greetings seriously, they're invitations to a pity party. We, we, we want people, or at least we appear to want people, to tell us everything that's going on in their life. But again, um, in actual fact, that only accents the great loneliness in which we live. Because I think most of us know that when people say, how are you, they really don't want to know, no, no. Just a little word would be good, and um, fine would be a good word. When I went to Africa for the first time, one of the folks I was with in Johannesburg, and we were going out into the bush, and they said to me, do not ask a Zulu how they're doing, because they'll tell you. And not only how they're doing, but they have to include the entire family relationship because that's the way it is with Zulus. And on one occasion I forgot and asked how they were doing and it took three hours for them to tell me how they were doing. And no, um, these are our greetings and they're all about us. They're asking us to look within ourselves and give a very limited flesh evaluation of how we're feeling concerning ourselves and all that's happening to us. Now this greeting, now, now in the light of that, think about this, the way the covenant people greeted each other in the Old Testament and it went on into the New Testament. The phrase is right there in the New Testament. It never stopped all the way through the Bible. The Lord be with you. Um, that, that was the greeting. Well, that, that's, that's something. I, I'm looking at my neighbor and I'm not asking how he or she is doing, nor am I telling them anything about me. I am taking my eyes and their eyes our combined hearts, and I'm saying, look up to the Lord, for the Lord is with you. And if they're down, if they're in hard circumstances, I have spoken a word of life. I've spoken the blessing that has just been given in the tabernacle, but I brought it out in one sentence, the Lord himself is with you. And therefore, you are blessed. And you, if you were in the same understanding as myself, would say either, and he's with you also. Or you would respond, and that Lord who is with you bless you. Again, echoing the blessing that was spoken in the tabernacle. Ah, now, now suddenly, just in the saying it to you, uh, I can feel, because as I say, these are God words and they are power in themselves to impart what they say, open our eyes to see. And as I say that to you, I feel the lift of my own spirit. There's no possibility of a victim mentality when this is your greeting. When you are declaring the blessing to another, 
because you have received it yourself and received from that other an echo of the blessing, then all attention is taken away from how I may be feeling and what may be happening, and my whole attention is directed to the Lord who has sworn by his very self to be with me and to bless me this day. And I don't feel alone because people really don't want to know what's happening in my life. I feel accepted by the one who knows what's going on in my life and who not only knows but is the answer to every question of my life. The Lord is with you. What does that do? It dispels, it disintegrates fear. For the love that has announced that he who is with me will protect me and care and provide. Perfect love casts out all fear. And within it, whatever situation I'm in, he himself is the promise of divine wisdom in the midst of life's confusion. His words impart strength and make bold the one who is weak. The Lord is with you. And that cuts through my feelings of weakness and confusion and helplessness. And I feel the strength of God and the wisdom of God, the boldness of God. Actually, this declaration, are you getting the feel of this, that, that your neighbor says, the Lord is with you? Uh, do you realize that that not only comes with strength and power, but also it's a declaration concerning who you are? And if you're going through any of the villages and towns of Israel, this is going to happen quite a bit to you. Every time you meet someone, that they're going to say, the Lord be with you. And so it's going to become imprinted upon your consciousness. And I say this, and I, I say it carefully, and we're going to go back to it in some time in the future very soon. But the blessing declares my uniqueness. Do, do we get it? The Lord, God, himself has said that his eternal purpose is to bless each one of us that his love is upon each one of us do you understand that is a declaration of our uniqueness in all of creation there's not another creature like us we're the only ones that he spoke that word of blessing that brought us into union with himself, that bestows upon us honor. It bestows upon us a sense of worth. You see, you will never find your sense of worth by looking into yourself. You'll only find total confusion if you do that. Nor will you find your honor in trying to figure out where you came from. That, that's the, in vogue in the last decade or so. We, we, we get into little cliques and, and we try to find people that have similar roots to us. And somehow that gives us uh, some sort of importance and definition. Look, um, 
That, that's all very nice. I mean, I'm British, but I don't find my worth, I don't find my significance in being British. I, I recognize this gives me my worth. Do you get that? Worth is something bestowed upon me by my creator when he declares that I am the one that he loves and that he clothes me with that love, his very name, his very person, that he bestows upon me honor. Or I said uniqueness, there's nobody else uh, like us. And within the us, each one is unique. Each one is a facet that he has made to show forth his glory. And, and, and so here's my significance. What's your significance? Well, we turn to our job. That makes me significant. I, I turn sometimes to where I live. Lord help us. We try to flaunt our paycheck and see if we, we earn more than others. And then we buy stuff to prove to next door neighbors we've got more than all oh, that ridiculous stuff. All of which disintegrates, blown away with the wind. It can happen in the next hour. No, your significance, your worth is that I say to you, the Lord is with you. Good grief, that's worth, man. That's significance. The Lord is with you and you are blessed. It's what he said to Abraham, if you remember when we were there a number of weeks ago, where when he blessed Abraham, he said, I will make your name great. It's the same thing. You, you, you will stand out among your neighbors who are totally absorbed with themselves. You will stand out because you've discovered what real worth is. You've discovered what true significance. And so you stand out. And, and, and your neighbor who they found out who they are, but in a, a different way, a unique way, you see, we each stand out. We each are honored. I remember, um, and some of you listening might have been there with me, we, we took uh, a bunch of people to Russia way back in the um, 80s. The, and it was, it was when... The wall hadn't come down, but it was tottering, you know, and we didn't quite know who was in charge. It was a, a very iffy time to be there. And I had rented a Sierra in the middle of Moscow, and I, I was talking, about, in fact, the, the series on CD, Search for Self-Worth, and I was speaking about this very thing. That, that you are this unique person, this radiant person, not because of anything that you've done or have or where you've come from, but because his love is upon you and his Holy Spirit is within you. And as is my custom when I'm in another country, I spent the afternoon with my interpreter because he had to understand what I was saying to interpret it. And when we'd finished, I noticed he looked quite ill uh, and... I, I, I said, um, what, what, what do you think of this that I'm going to say tonight? Um, do you think it can translate into Russian? And he said, it's the most terrifying message I've ever heard. He said, in fact, I'm afraid 
to, to translate this. I, I don't know the repercussions. The KGB will be in the meeting and I don't know what's going to happen. I said, what on earth could happen? I'm only telling the people they are unique and they are honored and they're special and they're different because they discovered the love of God. How, how could anyone be upset with that? And he said, everybody in Russia would be upset by that because, and he began to outline the agenda of communism. And he said, we're not allowed to be different. He said, if I got a high grade in school, I was beaten for that by the principal because I was trying to be better than the others. If I won a race, then I was beaten for that because I was trying to say I'm better than everybody else. We're not allowed to wear colors. We have to wear gray so we don't stand out and so on and so on. And he said, you are telling me to tell these people that each one of them are unique and special and wonderful and honored. Yes, that was an interesting time. But do you see how this message of God blessing you and marking you with his love, marking your innermost person to your outermost person with love, and love that was spoken in Jesus, declaring your worth to be the very blood of God, declaring that you have now become the residence of the Holy Spirit, that God, the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is at home in your body. The Lord be with you. Wow. I begin to walk with shoulders held back and my head held high, not in pride and not despising others, but in awe and wonder that he has thus bestowed it upon me. And so this was a normal life in an Israelite of faith, that they believed that this, I call it this personal for it's intensely personal. Love, energy, is, is working in my life. And as I say, not just in those things we have so stupidly called spiritual, uh, but I, I, I mean it when I go to my work, when these chaps went to the harvest field, and when these women were there tying the sheaves, and, and when the boss came in, all of that, the Lord is with you. He's in the field with you. He, he, he's making you to be radiant workers with, with his love. And what you're doing here, you're doing it in fellowship with him. And so they said it, and they shouted it over their fields. They opened the door of their houses with this word. They sat at their tables and said it, the Lord is with you. <laughs> and as I say, everyone said it to everybody, and so it began to be very part of the way you thought and you lived. Psalm 129 reflects this. It's talking about sad days, but it, the way they talk about it tells us what normal days used to be like. It says, nor do those who pass by. Notice, nor do. That, that is... We've, we've hit times where people don't even say 
The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? He said, normally in other days, people who passed by would say to us, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. Wouldn't that be marvelous if the people who walked by your front gate and saw you working in the garden said, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. And, and you looked up and said, we bless you in the name of the Lord. But that's what Israel of faith was, the people of the Old Testament. But they were people in embryo, waiting for the promised seed who was the blessing come, who we now know as Jesus, and he would bring about a new race of blessed and blessing people. And so it was, the housewife with her chores, the farmer, those on their way to plant for the agricultural people, those who are bringing in the harvest, those on their way to the well to draw water, those who were grinding the corn and baking over the fire, those who were the fisher folk in the Galilee, those who were the little scholars, the children in the synagogue learning their lessons, Everybody living out their little lives in a third world country where we don't even remember their names. All we know is that every time they met each other, it was the Lord be with you. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. The Lord bless you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Each one declaring over their neighbor, their neighbor's uniqueness. And the fact that they together were the covenant beloved of the Lord. It was a joy-filled announcement of good news. We are blessed. And it was a, a call that the Lord is with you. Then in that call is be present to him who is always present to you. Just in case you'd forgotten, be present to him who is with you and infinitely cares for you, the Lord. The Lord bless you, the Lord. And we have seen that in, in Numbers chapter 6. The Lord who desires to bless you. The Lord who keeps you as he gives into your life, he keeps what he gives. And the Lord causes his face to shine on you, which means that look of sheer delight that spreads across a person's face when they look upon the one they love and delight in. His face shines with delight over you. And it says, be gracious to you. That is, fill your life with all the strengths and the giftings that you need to live this day. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, which means that look of a dear friend, that look of total acceptance, that look that communicates, I know you and you know me and I know that you know that I know you. It's, you know, a million words of, acceptance and friendship and union are in that lifting up of the countenance that's the meaning of the word in the Hebrew language and give you peace 
And that word peace is so broad, it means whatever is happening around you, whatever chaos is around you, you have tranquility, divine peace within. But it also meant, is a very big word, and the word peace, which is shalom in Hebrew, it meant, that word I've referred to, prosperity. It meant success. It meant a life in total harmony, in all its expressions, being marked by God's presence. The Lord. When they said, the Lord is with you, they had all that in mind. As I say, or as Nancy said, they were tweeting it. it so you, you understand the Lord, but it picked up all of that. This is his desire for you. The Lord is with you. It's, it's the verb to be in its present tense. Is. It's to be alive in the now. Is. Be. Being. So it's not past, and it's not future. Is. The Lord is with you. Are you hearing me as I speak to you? Because forever you say that you're, you're praying that he'll be with you, that something will happen that he will be with you. Stop that. That's not the blessing. That's pushing him off, always into the future, always into the future. He is present tense now at this microsecond in the midst of the situation the challenge the opportunity that you have the lord is this isn't something that will happen in a day of revival this isn't going to happen someday when you finally get your act together is now his blessing is to you now the lord is with you in fact if he's with me as we shall see in a second with is it means that he is well he's joined himself to my situation to the point where i can't really talk about it anymore as my situation or my problem because he's so blessedly gloriously tangled up with me that it's my, his, his, my. Huh. Or as David will say when the Psalms come about, the Lord is my. And then goes on to say, my strength, my shield, whatever he needed at the time. But it gets, if you're trying to analyze it, that gets very difficult. The Lord, the Lord, God, creator, lover, the Lord is now my strength well whose strength is it then if it's the lord's strength yes but he said the lord is my so it's my strength but it's his strength yes but it's his strength inside of my strength which makes my strength so far beyond my strength that i can't imagine but that's how it gets the lord is the lord is and in the midst of the situation you find yourself in right now the Lord is with you. He's joined himself. And when I say this, and what I just said there about is, and stop looking off into the future to one day, but is it now? That's faith, you see. 
Faith is not saying he's going to do it one of these days. No, faith says, thank you, it is so. I take that blessing. So they're not meaningless words. This isn't some religious pious dream, pie in the sky. It is words that come from God himself that I now take hold of and say, yes, that is truth and it is truth for me and in me. That's faith. And therefore, as I say, they become words that release into me divine strength and radiant light and wisdom, release into me health. For, for the Lord is your health now. And release into all of my life prosperity, which of course in our shallow, sick West means money. But in the Bible it means a life of joy and peace that comes from God which extends to the work of our hands and we are successful because only the deadest, sickest religion ever said that God wanted us in poverty and sickness. So, yes, it, it, it's the whole of life that, that is joined with him. The Lord is with, with. It's a key word of the sentence, with. The, the Hebrew word is im, I am. And it describes a covenant relationship. You see, I, I could say, you know, I walk down the road with you. And that sort of means you, you happen to be walking along beside me. That's a, I mean, it doesn't mean much more than that. Um, but in the scripture, when you read the word with in this sort of context, it means covenant relationship. It, it means to live in united company with. It, it means to share a common life. It means to share experiences together, to participate together in the same life. If you can think that one through. And so it, it means that I, I am accompanied through life with the other, but not just to someone hanging out beside me, but someone who has totally, utterly thrown in their lot with me. And for me to live is them, and them to live is me. Only in this case, it's the Lord himself who is with me. It's the Lord himself that right now is sharing your experience as his own, and giving to you his wisdom and strength. So that he shares your life and you share his life. What a thought. In fact, the most ultimate usage of this term probably in the Bible is in John chapter 1. Where it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And that's the same word, with God. And it's speaking about the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Can I ever, can I ever comprehend that relationship where, where the Father is in the Son and the Son is in the Father and, and, and all that the Father is, is in the Son and all that the Son is the Father and the Spirit. And 
And the Bible uses the term with. In fact, one rather bold translator has said that word with, especially there, is living cheek to cheek and face to face, so that the Father and the Son live unbeginningly cheek to cheek, face to face. Um, but the point I'm making is that that's this word, that, that God says that he is with us. And not just us, but as we pointed out last week, with you. When the blessing was given, it was you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Be gracious unto you. And so on, all the way through that blessing. Well, now, the Lord is with you. If I could come into your heart and assure you that at this moment, the blessing of the Lord is with you and in you the Lord is with you take that which is what the Bible means by faith and declare it is so the Lord is with me the Lord is now blessing me and you will have crossed a line into another world another dimension of the blessed this little expression the Lord is with you which I say again summed up the whole of the blessing that was given to Israel uh, it's enormous and, and we could which I'm not going to do but we could take all of the times where this crops up and, and see just another boundary we, we thought we'd got it and it goes further and further and further Look, in Exodus 3.11, you remember the Lord has called Moses to go into Egypt and deliver Israel out of Egypt, uh, which would mean to defeat the Pharaoh, break Egypt, and bring all the slaves out free. And Moses said, I can't do that. He, he said, just backs off. You, you can almost hear him saying, you've got to be crazy. They're, 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 he's terrified of the task of delivering the people but the assurance of success prospering that is achieving that end was all in this phrase the Lord stopped all the argument by saying I will surely be with you end of discussion Moses can become the Moses you know because the Lord said, I will surely be with you. And he would have the words to say. He would be invested with authority. He would know the power of God to do what had never entered into his dreams, which anyone in their right mind would say is impossible. But I will be with you, says the Lord, and that's the end of it. Of course he can do it. And then at the end of his life, at the end, Moses called the people together. He's, he's dying. He knows he's going to anyway. And Joshua, who's going to take his place. And he said, it's Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. He said, be strong. Listen, this is so, I mean, this is something for your refrigerator to put it up there and read it every hour. Be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or tremble at anybody who opposes you. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. That's enough. You see, he said, you can be strong. You can be courageous. You don't have to be afraid. You'll never tremble. No one will be able to stand against you. What, what's the formula? What's the secret? Because the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. And then Moses called Joshua, who's going to take his place, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you, Joshua, shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. You shall give it to them as an inheritance. And the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. Therefore, he will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Do you remember Caleb, some time after Moses said that, and they'd actually come now to the borders of their inheritance. It was a place called Kadesh Barnea. And, and if you remember, the 12 scouts went into the land to spy it out, and they came back, and at least 10 of them were terrified of what they'd seen, and they said, this is suicide, we can't go in, and all the people went into a panic, and there's howling and wailing, as only Near Eastern people can do, and then Caleb, you've heard of Caleb, he said, hush, let me speak, he said, I, I don't know what's going on here, I mean, we can go in and we have the strength and the power to go in and these people will melt away before us. How can you say that, Caleb? One sentence, I can say that. Because the Lord is with us. Read it in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. But of course, although Caleb was correct that one phrase meant all the strength they needed and all the ability and all the wisdom and all the provision and all the protection it was all contained in one sentence the lord is with you but the people hebrews chapter 4 says the people heard what caleb said but the message they did not mix it with faith the best they could say was how interesting and went straight back to you should see that land and off they went and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years but Caleb was right the Lord was with them do you remember Gideon when his land was being uh, taken by well they, they were what can I say like a group of hell's angels they didn't come in on motorcycles they came in on camels but that was the big thing in those days and and, and they came in and they stripped the land bare they abused the people left them penniless poverty stricken with no food and and that happened all over Israel and Gideon was trying to grind some corn, but he was doing it in a wine press so the, these muggers would never guess where he was. And as he comes peeping over the top of the wine press, I mean, uh, a real, uh, 
He looked like a, a regular coward, you know. Is anybody watching? And he comes sneaking over the top. And suddenly he realizes there's somebody sitting under the big old tree there. It was a messenger straight from the heart of God. And, and, and he said, the Lord is with you. And he went on, if you can see Gideon acting like a coward, but he said, this angel said, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. It's a tremendous phrase in the Hebrew language. It basically means you're a walking army. You have all the strength you need. You've got everything it takes. You can throw these people out, and you can show that this is the land God gave to you. Did you hear me? He, he didn't feel it. He didn't look like it. But the Lord said, you don't know who you are. Let me tell you who you are. The Lord is with you. And you are a valiant warrior. Even though you feel like a coward. And the rest is history. Gideon finally believed that the Lord was with him and took up those chapters in the book of Judges. What about Joseph? Abandoned, blackmailed, thrown into the dungeon to rot. But he had a different attitude. He knew that if he was in the dungeon, the Lord was there with him. If he was a slave in the house of the Egyptian, then the Lord was there with him. And that's how he wrote his story. This and this and this happened to Joseph. And it doesn't sound very good, but he says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And what happened? Well, exactly what I said a moment ago, that divine strength, that wisdom, that creativity, that peace and that joy that had nothing to do with his circumstances, but had to do with the one who was with him, who's entwined his life with his. And so he finds himself being promoted within slavery, but everybody said there's something different about that chap. Never seen anything like it. And he soon became the head slave. And then the, the master of the house put the whole jolly house into his hands and says, the Lord is with you and the Lord's blessing me because of you. Have you read the story with, with this in mind? Then his wife gets him blackmailed, he's thrown into jail, but what does he do? The same thing, because he's blessed, and the Lord is with him, and therefore wherever he is, there's creativity, there's joy, there's peace and harmony. He prospers even in that, and he's made the head prisoner. And then finally he's promoted to become the prime minister of Egypt. What a story. Uh, blessing, you see, means favor. It means open doors at the right time, closed doors at the right time too. But you are blessed. And can I say this? Blessed in a way that Joseph could never comprehend. Oh, Joseph was blessed, all right. The Lord was with him. But the Lord is with you. For Jesus, the seed of Abraham, the one through whom every family of the earth shall be blessed, has come. And not only come, 
but he has joined himself to you through the Holy Spirit. And you can say the Lord is with. I said the word with, in Hebrew, the word is im, I am. Well, do you remember Jesus, it says of him in Isaiah chapter 8, but also quoted in Matthew chapter 1, it says his name shall be called Immanuel. That's a Hebrew word, but it begins with im, I am. This word, with, and it ends with E-L-L, and that's the word for God. Immanuel. Immanuel means God with us. Well, just a minute, isn't that what we've been talking about for an hour? Immanuel, the Lord is with you, God with us, Immanuel. But now... That's who Jesus is. Jesus has become the greeting of blessing. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So I say, you have come to know the blessing that took 2,000 years, well, much more than that, because it began in Genesis 1, 26, 27. Uh, but, but over the millennia, the Lord's love worked with people who did not want his blessing. But he finally achieved his end. And the blessing became flesh and dwelt among us and now dwells in you through the Holy Spirit. When, when the Lord is with us, there is more to this human than meets the eye. See, when, when I meet with the likes of you, another believer, it's as if we sort of wink at each other. Do you know what I mean? We live life with a wink. Because I know that you know that I know that you know. I live, but it's not I. It's Christ who lives in me. We know that everything we've received, it's the blessing. It's the grace of God. We are loaded with blessings. And we know that open door, that opportunity, that strange coincidence. It was because the Lord goes ahead of us. The Lord is with us. The Lord is working all things together. And we are with him when we take it and say, yes, amen. You see, you go into your world every day and declare this or could I say greet yourself every morning as you sit up in bed declare with great joy the Lord is with me look at your family the Lord is with us look at your workplace and declare the Lord in me is with this place and the Lord blesses this place for my sake. The Lord blesses our home. The Lord blesses our work. The Lord blesses our finances. Everything I touch, he establishes the work of my hands. And you see, this is not a prayer. Uh, I, I believe in prayer. But you've got to come to, to where prayer is moving to. See, 
I, I was talking with a delightful couple. They're great friends of ours at our Sunday meeting. You know, we've just started a Sunday afternoon, three o'clock fellowship. And um, we were talking this particular couple needs wisdom in terms of what they're going to do. Very big wisdom they need. And, and as the words were spoken, they, they said, we're, we're praying for wisdom. And, and, and I, I suddenly realized what was being said. We're praying for wisdom. The, the very phrase means I haven't got it yet. I'm praying for it. And I, and I stopped it right there. And, and I said, we've got to now take this. This is what faith is. We've asked for wisdom. Now declare it. The Lord is with me and the Lord is my wisdom. And I walk on now knowing that I have the wisdom of God. Declare it. This is not a prayer. This is an acclamation. This is a declaration for sure. And knowing that the very words of God that are now in my mouth are an impartation and a taking to myself. This is mine. And whatever I'm walking into this day, whatever word I might give to describe it, I am doing so clothed in the very presence of God. The Lord is with me. I am blessed. I am empowered to reflect and give glory to God in everything I do, probably without realizing it. Because you know those obnoxious people who can't do anything without saying, it's not me, it's the Lord. Uh, they, they don't bring glory to God. They cause people to flee for their lives. No, this person is so absolutely natural and normal, and yet they leave behind them a trail of giving glory to God that everybody sooner or later begins to realize. You go into your day recognizing that you are a limited human, but you are in union with the unlimited God who is with you to implement his blessing. And I think that's about it um, for tonight. I, I trust that this has opened your eyes a little bit more to see the, the extent of the blessing. And we shall continue this. I promised you when we started, I want to shake this sack out and to understand the blessing so that we walk with natural confidence in, in Christ, in who we are in him. Before I close out, I want to thank those of you who have sent your gifts uh, to the ministry there's those little things on your screen donate and I thank those of you that have donated um, this uh, last month has been uh, a great challenge to faith a great adventure and that's what it always is most of life is that kind of adventure but um, with the economic times and with some of our partners going to be with the Lord. It has been wonderful to see how the blessing of God continues this broadcast. 
because some of you sent gifts that were surprising to us and we thank you for them and to all of our partners those who are committed to give to us every month that your gifts are part of making this possible that what I've said tonight will now go in the next days around and around the world into at least 66 countries and tens and tens of thousands of people have listened by next Tuesday and you are part of the doing of that. You are blessed and a blessing to people that on this earth you probably will never meet. So, he who is the God who is love, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you and grant you his strength, grant you his enlightenment, grant you his peace and prosperity in all of your life this night and to the ages of ages so i bless you and so it is amen i'll see you next week <laughs>